It's episode 294 of The Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture, and I'm your host, Brian Barnett. I'm second chair, Chris Cornelius, aka Delphia. I'm third chair, Will Berger. Hi. Hey, everybody. What's going on tonight? I'm drinking a cocktail out of this uh, Houston Space Cowboys <laughs> second string baseball team cup. I wish I had a cocktail. I did not think to make one before we started. This Still one right here. For me. <laughs> this is a this is a Polish party. So I will say to all my Polish friends out there, Nazdrowie. Maybe I'll make myself a cocktail later tonight. Birthday celebration and all that. Heck yeah. Happy birthday, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, happy birthday, Chris. Good job. It's nice to have you here with us. I made it. I've... 35 years and counting. Holy crap. Oh my God, you're so young. Yeah, I don't feel it. <laughs> every I, year hey, more goes wrong. Every year. Hey I understand. I understand. Ugh, I understand. I was dancing earlier today and I pulled something in my back. <laughs> so I've been like, uh, the I've been like limping. So I've been getting, did I talk to you guys about this? There's this, um, there's this incredible uh, like UK techno band that i've gotten into lately like melodic techno band called clang phonics have i heard of them yeah you you linked me a couple of their clips they're very uh what's the word um acoustic <laughs> techno yes yeah 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 so they have a couple of i think they got some notoriety when they st- when they started putting like some shorts on um on youtube about like hey like we make techno music or like house style music but without using computers so like they there's like the power washer one like that's a great one or like the one where he's in the shower and yeah. so they're using like the falling water and like the the vibrations of the electric toothbrush like and that's all like part of the song it's awesome it's really really good there's a there's a youtube video that they did called, I think it's called like Live in the Black Forest. Yeah, that's the one you sent me. It's like a full half hour set or anything, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Clang Phonics Melodic Techno Set Live from the Black Forest. Yeah, that was I really good. I highly recommend that you guys check this out. It's so good. It's so good. Like the, 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 the like vocalization is really good. The drumming is really great. The guitar work is good on this one. They do actually have like a computer, but that like they do a lot of really like awesome transitions from song to song. Like it's an entire, like I think five song set or something, but it's about 30 minutes long. I highly recommend you go check it out. It's really awesome. I've just been looping back to this and like listening to it. So I was listening to it this morning while I was doing like some Cyber Monday work because I have not had a day off since the seventh. So I've been working, I think, apart from Thanksgiving, which I took off, I've been working like 20 days in a row, full like nine to five shifts. And then afterwards doing uh, preview work for IGN after hours, which I will literally never do again. I will. Yeah, n- I will literally. Trooper. There's no way I could never that. do that ever, ever again. Uh, because it, man, I was planning on getting this preview done before this event started, uh, but that uh, basically the Black Friday Cyber Monday sales event started like a week earlier this year, and uh, capitalism uh, waits for no one. <laughs> it doesn't, and it's like, whew, man. It's, 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 yeah, I made the mistake of going to the store on Friday, not realizing what day it was, and I'm glad I got in early because it was like, 
I got in at like 9.30 a.m. It was there for like half an hour just to pick up something essential. By the time I was getting out of there at like 10 o'clock, like I went in, there was a little bit of parking space. On the way back, I'm pretty sure there were duels to the death for the right to park where I parked. <laughs> it was absolutely mad. And that's in Australia. It's like, go away. Seriously, relax. Yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. I did actually get a couple of um, a couple of cool things uh, this year. So one of which I will be talking about later on in the show, um, and some I'm actually waiting to arrive. But uh, uh, I did get a a nice little travel case for my Snackbox Micro uh, that I talked about on the show last week. You did. Um, so I got a nice little case for that that holds that and the USB cable, which is cool. So now I can like just kind of like throw it in my bag when I go, because uh, I have not since I got since I've gotten it, I have not played a single uh, round of a fighting game. Actually, that's not entirely true because there was a time when I could not do that. Uh, but almost exclusively, I have played with that, um, and it's been awesome. I'm loving it. Now you just got to carry it out to your locals, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If I go, if I go down to, to visit Ronnie again to play, I'll bring my own. You know, if I go to you know any locals or something like that, or if I just go to like somebody's house where they've got you know something, I'll I'll, I'll bring it with me. It's awesome. Or you know, if I'm going on a trip and I just want to like play on my laptop while I'm gone, like I'm just gonna toss this into the bag, you know. And it's like super light, super super lightweight. The case is too. You know, it's like kind of like the like flexible hard shell. Like it's it's a firm shell. It's not like floppy, like a like a pure soft case, but it's not like totally rigid and hard. Like it's somewhere in between. But it was only like fifteen bucks on uh, on Amazon, which is like nice. I think it was like a, a keyboard case actually, like a ten keyless keyboard case, but it like just kind of like fits around the same size. Mm. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to. So mentally, I am burned the hell out. So I'm very uh, excited to be here with you guys. Talk about some games. Take a load off. Talk some shit. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Will, famous shit talker, how are you doing? I'm great. I mean, I think that's, that's I, I love that introduction. It's true. I'm a famous shit talker. Um, I'm great. I just got back from a road trip to North Carolina. Uh, I drove my Jaguar 2,000 miles. It was a great time. Nice. Uh, the car got slightly damaged uh, in the process, I, which I will have to fix, but it's thankfully very cheap and not a big deal it's a cosmetic thing but it made me sad um bomberowski yeah uh it has a little um like a hood ornament on the front which is just a jaguar and that got popped off somehow i think you know maybe somebody stole it i I don't know maybe we hit a pothole too hard who knows um so i did that uh i have been (sighs) i have a thing in the city tomorrow I can't talk about yet, but I am representing the platformers at a thing. Um, hey, hey, I'm excited uh, for Brian. Uh, it's something that you and I have definitely had his some hands on time before uh, with. So it'll be good. Interesting. Is this something that you've talked to me about or no? I believe so, but I'll remind you after the show. Okay. Uh, so I did. I've got that coming d- up. DM me in the in the in the platformers chat or like in in my DMs. Like, let me know. Because, yeah. like, I think I'm, I'm my, I'm my... I shall sit here in blissful ignorance. I might know what it is. I'm I will tell you, I will tell you uh, after okay. that, Chris. <laughs> when the time comes. 
Um, so I did. Oh, oh, go, 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 go. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I actually uh, kind of played a part in this. That's actually that's interesting. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yes. Um, so I have that coming up. Uh, I've got. That's cool. That's cool. I'm yeah. excited to hear about that. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, so I have that That'll coming up. I have. Um, and of course, trip. that makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I have yeah. a trip to LA during which I will be at the Game Awards and doing something else that's really cool that I can't talk about. Uh, and I recently previewed the Indigo Disc DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, so cool. I've been busy. Yeah, yeah, no joke. And the preview that I'm doing, like, there's there's no embargo. Uh, there's no embargo on the the preview that I'm doing, so. Uh, I can say that I am previewing uh, Terrace Land for uh, IGN, which is a MMORPG. Oh, interesting. I've played uh, I've played a few hours of it. It is in closed beta right now, um, and uh, yeah, so you'll be able to see my preview up on IGN when that is done, which will be a minute. Yeah, the, the closed beta is running between now and the and the it's been it's been running for a while, but it is running to the um, 29th. So it's running for like two more days, and then uh, I've already got like a lot of my thoughts kind of like written down, like my notes written down. I just need to kind of like go back through, solidify, like look through all the footage that I've captured and stuff like that, and then you know kind of put things together. But it it is uh, it is interesting, and it is also like PC and mobile. Like it's PC and Android, and uh, I have not played an MMO on mobile before, so I have not done that yet. But that is one of the things I'm going to be doing in the next uh, in the next day or two. Like probably tomorrow after I get off work, I'll be playing this on my phone. So, speaking of my phone, one of the things that I got as part of this uh, year's Black Friday sales uh, are the Backbone One. Aha. Uh-huh. Which Very I have nice. been using to do uh, some remote play on my PlayStation Five, as well as playing Game Pass games. Um, so this is this is the like PlayStation edition of the Backbone One, just because like I got a lot of nostalgia for like the triangle, like the sacred symbols. You know what you triangle. Know, yeah. Triangle, square, circle, X. And also, like, I, I feel like when I'm introducing my daughter to playing games for the first time, like, shapes is, like, a really easy way to do it. Because, like, she already knows all those shapes. You know, except for maybe, like, X or cross or whatever. Like, she already knows what a square and a triangle and a circle are. So, like, I can tell her how to do different things like that, which is which is cool. Um but yeah, it it feels pretty good, you know. Um, I've only played a couple of games. One of the things that I so I picked this up. It was like uh, they're normally like a hundred bucks. I got this one for sixty nine. Nice. Um, yeah, nice indeed. Uh, but I've been using it to. I don't have a lot of games that I play on PlayStation, but having another avenue to explore kind of. Um, Game Pass games that are not too twitchy has been interesting. Like, I've been using it to play Pentiment, which is a great way to play that game. Um, Because, like, one of the things that has been a a roadblock for me to exploring more of the stuff that I have, uh, like the indie stuff that is available on Game Pass, is, like, 
either I need to have like a whole setup with my laptop or whatever, or I need to sit down on my couch and stay in one spot and play it on my TV on my console. And one of the things that I really value about the Switch, which is one of the reasons why I think that that console has taken off, is that the flexibility is really, really helpful when you're playing something that um, benefits from little bits of time that you, that just kind of build up over time. That's one of the great things about the Switch, but yeah. you got to buy everything individually. And having like a Game Pass playing machine on my phone where I can like just jump into, you know, I could play, I could play Signalis on this. I could play, that's not on Game Pass anymore, but you know, I can play Pentiment on there. I can play Chained Echoes on there. I can do like all these sorts of things. Like, and those aren't like destination games for me, but those are really great. Like, in between the cracks, like in the spare moments, like those are great games for that. And so I think bridging the gap with something like this uh, to take these games that are really good, but I would much rather play on like a portable sort of device instead of like sitting in front of my TV for an extended period of time uh, is I, I anticipate this being good for me. Yeah, I definitely understand that sentiment, and that's why I often just, when I'm tired or sick of sitting in this chair or anything from combination of, like, work, long games, anything like that, it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, go lie down, take my Switch with me, curl up in a beanbag, go downstairs, go outside, just, you know, and then mess around with whatever I got there. So that's Breath of Fresh Air, so being able to do that on a phone would be pretty good, but the yeah. phone games themselves are trash, so you need them to... And that's... Yeah. <laughs> That's the that's kind of the rub. Like one of the things that I was excited about is like, okay, I can get into mobile games that I have not really played since I since like the early iPhone days. Like when I was playing, you know, Square Enix's early outing, like Chaos Rings, uh, which is a good game. You know, it's just, you know, there there was a period of time where I thought, okay, I'm gonna try to do the mobile games only thing. Like I'm not gonna take my Game Boy on this trip or my DS or whatever I had at the time. Actually, it wouldn't have been my DS. It would have actually been like Switch my Game Boy. Yes, it would, like it would have been like or... my No, it would have been no, cuz I'm thinking specifically when I was like in high school. So it would have right. it would have been like in the 90s it would have been like my Game Boy Advance probably. So probably, like we went yeah. on this trip, my family went on this trip to Malaysia and I literally only took my cell phone. I didn't I normally I take my portable like Nintendo thing with me. But I didn't that time. And I got like, I bought Chaos Rings and I got like Cut the Rope and I got like one other game. Cut the Rope, a goaded game. Like that game is incredible. Uh, but, you know, and Chaos Rings, a great game. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Like it's, it's not like incredible or anything like that, but it was super fun. But I, I was excited about getting into that sort of a thing on mobile, but it seems like this is basically just going to be like a PlayStation Xbox streaming uh, thing for me. But even then, like, I, I am curious to see how that's going to kind of shake out. Um, because, like, I'm open to it. I want to have more avenues to kind of explore stuff that I don't have time for or, like, I want to play. Like, we, we built we built a, like a, de uh, like a climbing decagon for, like, for Riley and for me also, because this thing holds up to a thousand pounds, which is dope. But like, we've got one of those like climbing decagons out in the, uh, in the backyard. And this one came with like a hammock that attaches to like the corners. So like 
halfway up the Decagon, there's just like this giant black hammock that you can just lay down on. So like I went out today when I when I needed like a a, a brain break, you know, from working on commerce stuff. I just went out and laid up and looked up at the sky and the planes flying overhead and stuff like that. And it was great. And like to have you know my backbone and stuff like that and be able to like play my xbox games out there just like kind of vibing in nature like that's cool i like that you know i like that freedom and that flexibility and stuff so i'm excited i'll definitely check back in with you guys on like what is vibing with me and what isn't it kind of seems like indie game pass games are going to be kind of what really sing with this but you know we'll see Mm, for sure and I'm always looking for more indie recommendations, so I can probably, you know, throw your some your way and get whatever you get and do the, go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever since These we had good. that ever since we had that that uh conversation about like um about uh unannounced upcoming things, I've been thinking more about like how much of a I, I don't want to oversell it. But like a minor cultural maven I have become about indie games in our friend group. And uh, and I, I like that place. I like carving out that kind of niche for myself. So I, I'm excited to kind of explore the space more across, you know, more avenues. And actually to that end, uh, over, over Thanksgiving, I played PSVR 2 for the first time uh, at my brother-in-law's house. And played a game called oh for fuck's sake what was it called it was called like puzzles, uh, PSVR two puzzle game what is it called? PlayStation VR two puzzle games. You know I'm a big fan of oh fuck what was it called one of my favorite games. <laughs> yeah, it's a great game. It's a classic. Oh my so god, versatile. what was it called? It was called puzzles over. Anyways, it's a 3D puzzle game. And uh, it's awesome. And Audrey played it and is like, we need a VR <laughs> headset. So <laughs> the instant conversion. Yeah. Let's go. Wife wife demanded. So now we are I am I am I am talking to somebody to see if I can secure a quest three and we're gonna we're gonna see what we can make happen so you might be getting more vr coverage on this channel i'll just put it that way that's very oh. nice but we we will uh we will see we will see it's been a busy holiday season so i have not heard back from the person that i emailed about this but we will see we will see what happens but yeah that's that's uh that's a little bit what of uh what i've been up to uh, Chris, why don't you why don't you take one of your one of your things and take a swing? All right, I can do that. I want to take a swing at. Um, who here has played Persona Five? Well, I watched my wife play the whole thing. I I reviewed I, I I beat Persona Five and reviewed Persona Five Royal for this very show and got the platinum trophy in it. Very impressive. Have you then Thank had you. any interest in any of the spin-off games like Strikers or the Dancing One or newly released P5 Tactica? Because that's what I've been playing. Humorously enough, a friend of mine is representing that game and we bumped into her at PAX. Uh, and I have not reached out to her to get a key for Tactica because I have been busy with other things. But yeah, I, you've do, been busy. Yeah, I do 
plan on playing it and I do have interest in it. I Persona 5 Strikers. I feel like that was like a PS Plus game. Uh, it was on... I'm not sure if it was PS Plus. I just grabbed it on PS4. Not sure if it was on other things. It was a Muso Warriors style approach Okay, not that. What was the yeah. other one? There was another one. Uh, there was another Persona 5 game. It's either the rhythm strikers as far as I know. There's also the rhythm game and uh, Persona Q, which is the 3DS That's the uh, one. RPGs. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's technically not that, that one. was technically that was like all like all the modern Persona games, as well as five. But uh, what else have they had? Which one was it? There was one. Yeah, there was one that I played that was on PlayStation that was not Strikers. It was on PS4. Oh my god, this is gonna drive me nuts. Uh, what did it play like? Can you describe it? Or it was kind of like Persona, except it was chibi, and there was um, there was a character with I think it was gray hair. Hold on, spinoffs, spinoffs, spinoffs. This is probably Persona Q or Persona Q two. Did it get ported to PlayStation? Uh, it might have. I don't know. I think it was designed. It was for definitely 3DS. on PlayStation, and I believe it was a PlayStation Plus game. Now, I will Q2 look it up while like you one are. One of the last games released to 3DS, to my knowledge. So, yeah. Persona Five spinoff timeline explained. Hold on, because it was one where like there was. Okay, it wasn't Dancing in Starlight. Because Tactica is also chibi. So unless you played a preview of that, and that's what you're getting it mistaken for. Uh, no, it was Strikers. It was Strikers. It was Strikers, huh? Yeah, it was Strikers. I didn't think that was chibi. Yeah, I don't think Strikers is chibi. I mean, it's smaller, but... Yeah, it's yeah. That I mean, that might be. That might be what I was... Might just be conflating the two. I mean, I guess you could call it a chibi art style. I think it, I think it's actually a pretty neat game, just based on... I saw my wife play the whole actually, thing. Actually, wait, hold on. Yeah, Where's Persona 5 Strikers was good. The problem I felt was that... It was almost oh, like... It was torn between wanting to be like a warrior's kind of beat em up thing, but also having so many more advanced systems where you couldn't... There's like a complicated system of action oh. and stuff in there, but everything dies too quick aside from the bosses. So yeah, it's like my you can't memory, really utilize it that well. I think my memory is conflating Tactica and Strikers because I think after the opening, like the opening you're on the street and you're hanging out on like street lamps and stuff. And then I think before too long, you go like underground. And that like, sounds vaguely familiar. That's where I stopped playing it because I was just like, I don't have time for this. But yeah, so Strikers, yeah, Strikers was a PlayStation Plus game. Yeah, okay, so Strikers is the one that I have played out of those. Yeah. Although I've heard the Dancing All Night, like Dancing in Starlight and Dancing in Moonlight games are quite good. They are, I bet I'm a sucker for rhythm games, so what can I say? Former, uh, former Platformers podcast host Chris Shriver was huge into those games. Well, I can respect that. I'm big into, like, basically anything that scratches the uh, Final Fantasy theater of the Mitch is like, mm, gimme, gimme. So yeah. I play a lot of that stuff. But uh, instead of any of that, I've been playing Persona 5 Tactica so far. I am a little way into it. I don't know how long it ultimately runs or how many big, like, zones and set pieces and such there are, but I've cleared the first kingdom. So what would equate to a palace in, um, in regular Persona, basically? And it is pretty interesting so far. Um, less so story-wise, more just how it handles the uh, tactics and strategy aspect, because it feels 
it's closer to like proper tactics, proper like puzzling, as opposed to like something like a strategy RPG like Fire Emblem, where you just, you know, brute force your way through RPG mechanics and such. It's very, very much about positioning. Um, it utilizes the Persona 5, like exploit a weakness or hit something out of cover. And then you get a one more, which gets you, you know, allows yeah. you to just chain attacks and get across the map really quickly and do all sorts of stuff. So there's, so there ends up being um, almost like puzzle stages where it's like, you got to get this character to the other side of the map that is in a single turn, it's four times their movements. You have to chain, you know, ways for them to basically keep chaining attacks by having the rest of your party go around and knock people into the path so you can, you know, so they can shoot them from a range and then move forward and shoot another, move forward, shoot another, and little things like that. So there's quite a few little uh, systems like that where it's just about, you know, how do you take these relatively simple enemies and simple mechanics, but then daisy chain them to maximize like big AOE all-out attacks and so on. And uh, yep. it's pretty interesting the way it uh, it's done. So I can't like contrast that with obviously Disgaea, which I played recently. Again, that's more like a numbers game and such. This is very much more the puzzle, the tactics. And while there's a little bit of uh, the stats, you know, obviously you do level up your group levels up. The more you clear, the more side objectives you get, the more you do, you get little side personas and such, which give them extra abilities. But none of that, like it almost feels um, supplementary to what you would just do in terms of like the raw tactics, the chain, the daisy chaining attacks, the positioning, the staying in cover to not take damage and all that. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So I kind of dig it. It's good for just, you know, pick up, put down. And the art style is really cute. The music is as good as any Persona track as ever. Just more of the same with the singer back from Persona 5. So new vocal tracks, new everything. All the voice actors reprise their roles. It's just, it's solid all around. And I don't think it's going to do anything massively groundbreaking in terms of story or character development because it's set like right at the end of um, base P5. I don't think it incorporates Royals story editions at all. But uh, yeah, so far, quite enjoying it. It's good for just, you know, pick up, pick up, do a couple levels, put it down, enjoying myself. Nice. Yeah, uh, Will and I played that at PAX West and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I am looking forward to spending more time with it. I also need to send that email. I need to send a lot of PAX follow-up emails, I guess. But we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> busy time busy. of year. Yeah. Yeah. Very I'm sure. still no closer to getting through all the games I want to before the big one we have. Mm-hmm. I am actually... I, I'm, you know, if we wanted to do like a kind of a check-in... I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of interested. Let's see. Uh, uh, like what 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 all do each of us have to get to? Like, so I've got I've played some Talos two. I want to play more of it and potentially beat it. I have um, yet to stop, but I want to. I I have purchased Alan Wake two, so. I have that, and I also have the first games. I was curious, and I wanted to get uh, Will's opinion as somebody who has, I believe, played all of those games. Yeah, is that, is that correct? I, I am. I am curious because I because here's what I'm thinking. I want to play Alan Wake two before the game of the year discussion, but I don't know how. I don't feel like it's realistic to expect myself to play Alan Wake one 
American Nightmare and Alan Wake 2 before Game of the Year. And also finish Talos 2 and like touch a couple of other games. I just, I don't feel like that's realistic. I feel like if I do that, that is going to be the only thing that I do before Game of the Year. And I'm not going to be able to play anything else. Um, But I don't know how necessary that is. You can skip American Nightmare. It's canon, but it's not super important. Uh, you can you can you can definitely skip it. Because like I'm really going into Alan Wake too because I loved Control. Yeah, like it's not from any affection for Alan Wake. It's like it's connected to Control, and it's I love Control. Remedy's latest output is wild. Yeah, but like I also haven't played Quantum Break, which I and I don't know if that's relevant. Uh, I mean, there's some references to it, but you don't need to play it. Okay. I, I want to play it eventually because it's, you know, it's a cool game. But how essential is Alan Wake 1 to 2? Like, I hear it's good. I've told, been told that forever and never got around to it as much as I really wanted to. But how relevant is it to jumping into 2 and having a full grasp of it? Uh, if you don't play 1, or Ameri- did you ask about 1 or American Nightmare? 1 in general, yeah. If you don't play 1, you're going to have no idea what's going on. Okay. Yeah, and that is not like me exaggerating. You will not understand. What? What is? What do you think is the difference between playing the first game and just watching like a video of it, or like watching like a like a summary or like plot synopsis or something like that? I mean, you're definitely. I think you're doing yourself a disservice, kind of. To be honest, like they're real. Alec One is a great game. Um and it's fun and it's i mean you could you know you could definitely just watch a synopsis if that's all you feel you have time for but a lot of alan wake one is i'm just trying to be realistic like it's not it's not any slight against it like I, you yeah know. I, but it's also not a very long game it's eight hours okay you know maybe 10 if you do both of the dlcs which you should do but you know you could watch a summary of the dlcs and not really much much i guess it, if it really grabs me like Cosmic Wheel was only. Yeah, it was eight well, hours for me on the single playthrough. Six, yeah, six to eight. Yeah, yeah, it's not very long. You can blow through it in a couple of days. Um, and you know, you don't have to play it on hard. You can just play it on normal or whatever. It's not a hard game. Um, Nightmare can be a little bit tricky, but you don't have to play it on Nightmare. Yeah. No, I would play it on normal or easy, probably. Yeah, just I to think, like experience the story. I think the benefit of playing Alan Wake versus watching a video is a lot of alan wake is like finding the pages that alan has written that like determine what happens in the game and give you hints and like figuring out what you're going to do with that um just stuff like that like you could watch a synopsis but there are moments in that game where like you are going to be and want to be the one experiencing it mm-hmm. um, okay i don't think i love the ending of that game is one of my favorite endings i don't think that hits as well if you did not play the game or in alan wake 2 or in alan, alan wake 1 alan wake 1 i'm not finished with two yet Okay. But it's still it's still on your goatee shortlist, isn't it? Yeah. Two? Okay. Yeah. It's that good. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is good because I I remember when you started you had the initial eh and then it got good, so compared to most people yeah. who are just like blown away by the intro. I think the intro is you know, I live like posted it in the Discord and people were like, You're not being fair and I'm like, It's boring. <laughs> Like, you walk around and talk to people, and that's fine, but, like, 
it feels very like triple a intro to video game in not a good way and then yeah. you finally get payoff for all that intro i think i think it's good i think it was really just the first hour like once you get through the first hour it starts to pick up but i do think like you kind of have to be like if you're like me and you were like i want to play the video game you're gonna have to wait a minute Gotcha. And I've also heard that like this has less, like Alan Wake Two has less gameplay than the first game. Also, uh, I think it's not like less, less combat. Yeah, there's definitely less. Com- I mean, one is an action game with survival horror elements. Two is a survival horror game, just straight up. Okay. So they're not operating in the same genre. And two is a substantially weirder and scarier game. Uh, I think to its to its benefit in a lot of ways, but it is very different. Yeah, it's very. Now, different. do you yeah. do you think you played Control, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't play. I watched my wife play the whole thing, and I've okay. played parts of it. I played both the DLCs, ironically, because I had to review them. Do, now, do you consider Control to be a scary game? No. Okay. Nor do I. It's it's eerie. I think it, yeah, I think it's got great. It has atmosphere. excellent atmosphere, yeah, but I yeah. wouldn't consider it particularly scary, and it's not no. necessarily trying to be. I think I it, no, I think it's I think it's creepy and eerie, and I think that's basically where it ends. Yeah, I also but don't I, I love think that Alan Wake One is a particularly uh, scary game. Um, I think you can be not really into super scary things and love it because I was not as into horror as I am now when I played it, and I had a good time. Uh, like there's some spooky stuff but it's not it's not anything i mean you have a gun you know what i mean like it's not like anything yeah. that the game throws at you you can kill and for me that's yeah. like once you give me a gun it becomes a lot less scary yeah yeah so much of the best horror is disempowering like you can't fight back in amnesia you have to run and hide and watch your oh, yeah. meters dwindle you know you, you cannot was, yeah, fight back gonna... in soma you have to run and hide and experience that and oh god the existentialism so yeah outlast <laughs> yeah like game's freaky and disturbing yeah alan wake one is like there are some disturbing parts of it there's some like really interesting parts but i don't think like functionally you're going to be scared of it. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So there's that. <clears throat> there's that. And then I've, I'm, I'm planning on touching uh, Starfield and Jedi Survivor just because I have access to them. Mm. Uh, and I think that's probably about as far as I'm going to get. My brother-in-law does have RE4 Remake, so I am going to borrow that from him after he's done playing it. Um, but I mean, that's not going to be eligible, at least, but yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not going to be eligible. Not for eligible my... according to our high, you know, highbrow standards. Yeah. And uh, I don't, you know, it's also like, like it's, it's a good game. It's also a worse version of resident evil four. Like that's always the thing you have to consider when the remakes, you know, come out. It's like, are they better than the original? Are the games that it is compared to better than the original? If no, then what are we doing here? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's more of of a just like it's much prettier, it probably runs better, all that sort of stuff and like that's an easier way to get me in the door because I'm like a very like I'm a, I'm a very like visual person. Like I'm a very visual artist, like, you know, when it comes to I you know, in this may surprise some listeners to hear, but like in our house, 
the like interior decorator and designer is me, not my wife. <laughs> like, because that she does not have an eye for that sort of shit. Whereas like, I'll do like a collage of pictures on the wall and she's like, fuck, that's really good. Like, and the, the funny thing is while I've been working these mad long hours, she actually finally did something I've been intending to do for a while, but have not had time and have not had the will and all that sort of stuff. She did a picture collage in our bedroom of a lot of like pictures that we brought with us that we brought from the old house. And I walked in and I was like, I was like, damn, like, Audrey, you crushed it. Like, this is great. I love how this is laid out. And she's like, you did this. And she showed me, and she took a picture of how I did this exact collage with these exact pictures in our last house. And she just <laughs> took a picture and redid what I did. And I was like, damn, well, all, this co all these compliments feel like strangely masturbatory right now. So I'm just going to stop you know but i was like i was like damn that's really good like afterwards point like being visual times. design does help draw you in quite a bit so yeah that makes sense so like that's so like that's that's important to me you know like if i was gonna it's hard for me to go back to the original final fantasy 7 not because it's not a good game but just like it just doesn't look that good you know and like that is a barrier, you know, so like when these remakes, we've had talks about remakes before, but like that is one reason why like I am really happy when games get remade. Like sometimes they have issues. Like I would still play the original version of Link's Awakening over the remake because the remake doesn't run that well and I don't think it looks better. Like I think the original yeah. like I, pixel I graphics look that. awesome. I um, like the new style, but I don't think yeah. it replaces the old one. Is the, and yeah. yeah, the performance is definitely yeah. And I, I, an I issue. also definitely prefer DX in terms of like the way the game looks. It's um yeah. Uh, I was I was on another podcast tonight with uh, Sterling Silver, and we talked about former guest host of the Platformers podcast. Yeah, Sterling is great, and we had a great show. And we talked about Advance Wars, mm -hmm. and one of the things that we talked about was, uh, you know. He says, what did you think of the graphics? And I said, you know, I think it looks good, but I much prefer the sprites. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about, you know, I'm sure RE4 Remake, like, is way better technically, has all this stuff. But, like, I think the original game looks really good still. Like, it has a very distinctive design. And I think that, you know, just because something is technically more impressive doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Sure. Yeah. So that's my take on that. But I think, you know, mm. if you have to play a version of RE4, the remake's not bad. But if you have to play a version of RE4, just play the original. Because you can get the original everywhere on anything really easily and probably significantly cheaper. So do yeah, it. Yeah, you can get it for like $2. Yeah, and here's the thing. I already own the original. Yeah, I own like four copies of it on different systems. Like, yeah, I own the original on Steam, but like, I'm not really motivated to play it. But like, I see the graphics on the new one. And I'm like, ah, that looks pretty good. I kind of want to play that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like I, my, I'm, I've become more of a pragmatist. Like for a long time, I was like a, when I, you know, I was a, I was a trophy hunter. I was an achievement hunter for a while. So like there was a degree of like, let me optimize the shit out of this. Like, let me do the best. I don't want to play a version of this game. I want to play the best version of this game. I want to play this game in the best way on the best platform where it has the best performance and the best graphics and like and you can get the, the biggest game of and it has and it has all the content that exists in this game you know what i mean and then eventually i was just like well i didn't play persona 3 fes i played persona 3 portable 
And I fucking love that game, and it's still my favorite Persona game. So, like, I'm kind of... I, I've turned into a guy that's like, whatever gets you in the door, I don't care. If you're playing... You know, like, I, I'm not one of those people that's like, you think you've seen a movie on your fucking telephone, and you've been... But you've been cheated. You've been deceived. You think you've seen a movie on your fucking phone... Yeah, it's one thing to but go, yes, like, I want to see the complete, I want the most complete content-rich version of it. Yeah. But if the difference is between that and you not playing it, pick one. You know? Exactly. Just play something, experience it some way. Because the, because the choice isn't actually between playing Resident Evil 4, the original version, and playing Resident Evil 4 Remake. The choice is between me playing Resident Evil 4 of any kind and not. Yeah. And whichever one gives me the highest likelihood of actually doing the thing, I'm just going to take it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, because I feel like my, my, my life would be, would be enriched. I mean, I haven't played it, so I can't say this for sure. I feel like my life would be enriched more for playing RE4 Remake instead of, like, trying to deliberate over which version I play and then just not play it at all. But, yeah, you should play a Resident Evil 4. As long as it's one of them. It is better to play one of them as better than it is to, not, to not play Resident Evil 4, yeah. Yeah. It is one of those games. And I don't know, Will, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, would you would you actually agree with that? To play the remake is better than to not play the game? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think, you know, you know, if you ask me, Will, which version of the game you should play, I think you should play the original. But... Yeah. You know, if the choice was between, like, you never experienced Resident Evil 4 and you experience like... It's it's the same way people ask me about Ninja Gaiden, right? Because I'm very much like a Ninja oh, yeah, Gaiden the Black. Oh yeah, the Signa versus Black argument. Yeah, 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 I am a I am a Ninja Gaiden Black supremacist. Purist, I am a yeah. <laughs> like this is better. It just straight up is a better game. However, if your choices are between never playing Ninja Gaiden, right, and playing Sigma, go play Sigma. It's a good game. It's just not Black. Like, yeah, you you are playing the second best version of that game that exists. Maybe third best. Maybe the worst, but it's still really good because it's Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Like Which is still better. better you know, as we as thing. we say, Will, as we say about fighting games, like, you know, the worst version of uh, of Ninja Gaiden Black is still better than most of the other games that you would be playing. <laughs> yeah, it's still better than most of the games that you like. Like, right? Like if you go into Ninja Gaiden Black and you're like, my favorite game is X, I'm like, listen. I understand that you like that game. Ninja Gaiden Black is probably better than that game. No. <laughs> like and now, you know, you can disagree with me, but my point is it's a really well-made game and you should play it however you can play it. So, you know. Damn, I, I could go for Big Air and say just like DMC is probably better than whatever game you play, even though it is one of the lesser Devil May Cry games. <laughs> but I know that that is specifically pushing one of Will's buttons. But speaking of Ninja Gaiden Black, in one of the funniest uh, M. Night Shyamalan twist endings to a fucking gotcha moment that Willa and I have had going back and forth for ages. Maybe years? Has it been I years, I think it's Will? been years at this point. Literally yeah. years? We found out that, like, I, so I've had all these sorts of opinions on action games, and Will has, has been like, I don't care what you think because you haven't played Ninja Gaiden Black, which is, like, the best one. We actually went back and, like, I, I was like, what is this game like? Because I definitely know that I have played one of the Ninja Gaiden games. And in going back and forth, we discovered I actually have played Ninja Gaiden Black. 
Yeah, After all, was a, your opinion was valid. Who knew? Uh, yeah, the, there, there's an enemy that's only in black, and he was like, "Okay, does it have this?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and I, I like it, he like it, tr- it triggered a. It was specifically the exploding bats, and I was like, "For <laughs> fuck's sake!" Like I literally had a moment where like you had that like that like zoom, you know, that they do in movies where like the back like just telescopes out. And it was just like, oh no. Like I specifically <laughs> remember a, a, a moment of me playing this game, that fucking exploding bat, like, you know, anyways. But yeah, so that was, that was a really, that was a really funny moment where yeah, it was just you like- You were taking the psychic damage already, it was there. Yeah, you were, you, I, I got so much shit for not playing this game. And as it turns out, I actually had played that game. So, but yeah, I thought that was, that was really, really funny. Man, my cheeks are hurting. That was such a <laughs> funny moment. That yeah, was such I, a funny uh, moment, but... Uh, How did I that feel from, that your, from your side? Uh, I was... I thought it was hilarious. Because yeah. I'm sitting here like, oh no, the meme is dead, right? Like That was yeah. my first initial reaction. And then it was like... The fact that you remembered the exploding bats of all things, right? Like I was yeah. like, we have, we have entered moments of Brian Barnett trauma. Right yeah. now, and, and and you know, fair in fair point to anyone who's played Ninja Gaiden Black, and you remember the exploding bats. He's not wrong to remember damn, the exploding bats. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like, oh my god, I can't believe and that this is the thing that you remembered. Right? It was, it was so funny. Was, yeah, I remembered like amazing. I remembered like four moments or something like that, and like that wasn't one of them, but then we started going through, cause like we had this moment where like, I think we were talking on discord or something and it was, I was just like, all right, how would I know? Because like, I was like, I've played one of these games. Like, how would I know if it was this one or not? And then like, he started, Will started pulling up like version differences or something like that. And we started yeah. walking through and then like, I pulled it up and was looking on it. And then I read like the exploding bats and like, I fucking like, I went like my mind expanded and I remembered a really traumatic moment. And like, I'd had like weird moments where it was like, well, this could be in literally any game. It's like, I remember being in like, there's like a canal with a bunch of like grassy cliffs that you could like go up and go down. And then there was like a river going through it. And then I remember like, there's this big area. I can picture that area. and I never played the game, you know? That is, that is like the first level. Yeah, and then there's like a moment where you're in this big, like it looks almost like a Zeppelin like structure like a big round structure with like this blonde woman and you fight like some big like bat like thing or something like that or like a dragon or something i forget what it is but like there was something going on with that or like maybe it was a train station or something but like some big long like borderline cylindrical thing with this blonde woman uh and then like i remember like one or two other things. Like I remember fighting somebody in like a dojo that's burning down or something that's at the top of that. That's also like the first level. Yeah. Like the second level. So like, you know, I remember like these, like these fractions of things, but like, I didn't remember anything else. And then we came to the fucking bats, you know? And that was the thing where I was like, well, that doesn't exist in literally any other version of this game except black. So you played black and it's just like, damn, I only played one Ninja Gaiden game and it was the best one. That was the bully one. Who knew? Bully for me. Bully for me. But anyways. Yeah. All that to say, the, like. Out of the well, gate. It was very funny. It was really funny. Because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, that was, that was great. You, you, can't, you can't write shit better than that. 
Expectations no. shattered. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But but you know now I can be like, well, you don't remember, and she got in black. So yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, you haven't but, internalized it fully. Yeah, you haven't fully. You know, you're not appreciating yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was an extremely funny moment, and uh, you know I think. Um, it is always funny when you have that and you're like, I don't think I've played this game. I had that recently, actually. With something. Yeah. So, With what? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. What was it? It was. It's one of the older MKs. I want to say it was like four. And I was like, I don't think I played MK4. And then I looked at some footage and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I've seen this before. <laughs> I've seen this before. I have seen this bullshit before. I did not like it the first time. <laughs> I do think it is I do think it is really funny that like in several fighting games, us both being like fighting game appreciators, in I think at least three fighting games you and I played the same character. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's in Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear and Mortal Kombat. I think we played the same character. Yeah, yeah, yep. Which is which is very funny, and I fully expect that like we're gonna end up playing the same Tekken character or some shit. Maybe I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That should be fun. That'll be interesting for me to figure out where I go for with Tekken characters because I've just. I think I just historically just picked the one character I recognized that wasn't like one of like, you know, the focus characters like the the Kazuyas or the Heihachis or anything like that. I think I just picked up Lee one time and then stayed on Lee every time. I, it's like, Lee's in it? Cool, I'll do that. And then I've just been doing that the entire time. So we'll see how I yeah. go in H if I, you know, put more time into it and actually figure it out. Well, Lee is in Tekken 8, so... He is, but if I play it enough, I might end up going, you know, finding an actual character that, you know, sits with me rather than just going, I recognize that guy, I'll go with that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tekken is, is rough because people are like, how do I know what Tekken character I'll like? Which is, you know, a reasonable reasonable ask, right? Like, you're like, I'm getting into the game, I want to know, like, what kind of character does the stuff that I like. And the problem is that, like, Tekken is very, like, specific, and stuff that works in Tekken may not be applicable to other games that are not like Soul Calibur. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you're like, well, what, you know, I like this character in X. What am I going to like in Tekken? I'm like, dude, that, that, that the thing that you like just doesn't, it's not in Tekken. Like, <laughs> different style entirely. Actually, yeah. that's an interesting point. That means that I should like, if I'm talking to Tekken players, I should tell them who I play in Soul Calibur instead yeah. of, instead of something else. Yeah, you yeah. should absolutely okay. do that. Yeah. So that's, so that makes well, things, a, that makes there's things a question easier. for you then. Like, Will, I play Shangwa in Soul Calibur. Who would I play in Tekken? Uh, so you like a fast character with like some mix-ups? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe uh, Zhao Yu or Lily? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It'd I played Link in Soul Calibur. Who should I play? <laughs> See, that's the problem is because he was only in the one game. Yeah. I, played I played, I, so I, I played, I mean, uh, the, the, actually, you know what's fucking hilarious? No, it's four games because I played Nightmare. Although oh, okay. you did play, you did play Siegfried. So I played, I played, I played uh, Nightmare. I played Link. I played, 
uh, fuck. Where is he? I'm I'm forgetting. There's so there's the dude with the the dude with the tomfas. There's the dude with the nunchucks, and there's the dude with the staff. And I'm trying to remember. Talim is the one with the staff, right? No, that's no. Talim is the uh, oh Keelik. That's right. That's right. That's right. And yeah, Maxi so, is the nunchucks. Maxi. So I played. I played a bit of Maxi. Uh, I played a bit of who is the tomfa person? Uh, Talim. Talim. I played a bit of Talim. Uh, I played Nightmare. I, I played a lot played... of Talim in uh, Soul Calibur 2. She was pretty great. I, that, that character was my nemesis, bro. Talim? Siegfried Hayes fighting her because she's so fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... So yeah, those were, those were the characters that I played. Yeah, so like, I mean, you know, if you want like, I mean, Nightmare is kind of a, he changes from game to game, but he's kind of like a very aggressive, very heavy hitting character, so. Yeah, he hits hard, he's slow, that sort of thing. I don't think that I like playing slow, hard hitting characters really anymore. Uh, I think I like, you know, middle speed, so I would probably go towards like the other ones. One of the things that I liked with him is like, his neutral is good, and but you know, like obviously, like a Sin and Soul player, would say and a Gogeta blue player would say when I hit you it fucking hurts. Yeah. You know. Which is nice. You're going to feel it. I mean in fairness, like most characters in Tekken like do pretty good damage. Um it's just kind of like how do you wanna get to your damage, right? Like do you wanna do, you know, launchers? Do you wanna do like that you trick people into? Do you wanna have like really nasty frame traps? Do you wanna be big combos? Sorry. Do you want to knock people down and just mix them repeatedly? Do you want to, you know, poke them down? Ooh, set play? Do, Hell yeah. I do mean, you want to do long strings or do play, you just yeah. want to hit hit them with Paul? Like, what? what's your poison? Yeah. yeah give, most, me, I mean, give, me, give me a give me a Vortex character. Vortex character. Uh, well, I mean, like, you know, literally Akuma in, in 7. Um, well, hey, there you go. But I think, like... But I don't know if he's coming back for 8. We'll see. N- no, I don't think so. I mean, I think, like... That'd you know, the mix-up like characters are, you know, like, Zayu is a mix-up character. Uh, Lily does some mix-ups. Asuka has some pretty, like, also, like, really good defensive Asuka? options. Asuka? Excuse me? Excuse me? In Asuka's case, yeah. Mm. There's an Asuka in Tekken. Significantly yeah, right? less magic. At least I think so. Yeah, she's, uh, she's more of a regular person. Um, yeah. You know, Kazuyu has mix-ups. Um, I've, been th- I've been thinking about Jin. Just because, like, he looks cool. But, like, you know, whatever. Jin does look very cool. Jin is cool. Jin is a fun character. He's probably the easiest of the Mishimas. All right. I did kind of like the look of the uh, the newest Mishima they announced. What's her name? Reina, I think. Oh, yeah, Reina, dude. Cool. She looks real cool. Yeah, she looks very She looks a lot like Heihachi, to be honest. Yeah, just basically the, hey, by the way, Heihachi is very definitely dead. We mean it this time, guys. Here, the move set is translated to a new character. Seriously, dude, she dead. did a she did a move where like at the end, like you could see the shadow, like his shadow, like Heihachi's shadow with like red glowing eyes in the middle of it. It was pretty sick. That's, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's big JP energy in regards to Bison, that kind of thing with Heihachi. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, which I mean, looks- like, hey, I like JP, so there you go. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's a no good one likes there. fighting him though. No, no, nobody likes fighting JP. Um, yeah, Luke and JP are my two favorites in Street Fighter. I have a problem, guys. I have a problem. <laughs> you know, I like playing Sin and Asuka in Street Fighter. You know, I like playing the well-balanced characters that have all the tools, and then I like playing the ranged, 
I'm gonna cast spells at you type of characters. <laughs> like that's what I like. Zone like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't talk. I played Elizabeth in Persona 4 Arena, so I'm literally... You are the fucking most guilty of us all. (laughs) I've played a zoner in my life. Dude, Thanatos is so awesome. Like, Elizabeth Uh, Elizabeth is so good. Elizabeth is great fun in that game. She's really, really good. If you you break her Persona cards, she is fucked. She's fucked, but... With a capital F. Yeah, but you know, but you got to get to me to break him first. So good exactly. Luck. And Thanatos is like <laughs> one of the most, if not the most powerful yeah. personas in that entire game. Maybe yeah, like Astaroth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who can literally do a full screen like into mix up <laughs> situation? But yeah, yeah, it's God. you know fighting Elizabeth is like good luck. I'm behind twelve fireballs. Yeah, exactly. But you know, as someone who played a lot of a lot of uh, Tekken Eight recently like i'm i'm very excited to play more of it and see where yeah. that lands for y'all and see what you guys think of it and i think it's i think it's great i think it's got uh fantastic you know like teaching tools and stuff so i think if you're looking to get into tech and like now is the time or if you're a lapsed tech yeah. fan who's like i haven't played in a hot minute like now is the time you know your yeah, coverage definitely I... made it seem quite enticing so i am keen to give it a spin i like 3d fighters better i think still yeah, uh, so I think I think I'll probably go with Jin or Reyna just because like I think they look really cool, and like I you know that's a great place to start in Tekken. <laughs> Pick the cool character that cool. you like, and yeah, yeah just if, you, if you're more you, likely you to enjoy cool? the character, yeah. And the nice yeah. thing about like you know the way Tekken is is like a lot of the stuff is universal, right? Like everybody has a low parry. That's a defensive option that everybody has. You know, everybody has uh, sidesteps. Um, that's your other, like, big defensive option, right? Like, everybody can Korean backdash. Everybody has, like, you know, now some characters have special parries and stuff like that, but, like, everybody has the basics that you need. It's not like, you know, you're looking at, like, Street Fighter or wherever, you're like, man, I wish my character had an invincible reversal. Like, no, you've got a rage art. You're good. It's invincible, I promise. Yeah, which is nice, because that that means that, like, you don't... I mean, if that's that's true, then... and, And this is a game where, like you don't have to worry about what your character has or doesn't have, like as far as like kind of basic defensive options to like select them. You know what I mean? Cause like you in, probably in have Strive, the universal fundamentals that you need. Yeah. Cause it, like in strive, like I like playing Oscar, the fact that he is not very good on defense and that he lacks like fundamental, like reversal kind of get out options makes me like, like I feel like if he had that, I would be much more likely to be like, yeah, I'll, sw- I'll, you know, he'll be my main or whatever, you know? But like the fact that like, I, I can't do that stuff makes me be like, eh, no, you just don't feel reliably safe. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to stick with my main character because he's, he is reliable. He's good in a pinch in a way that like this other character is not. So like if everybody in Tekken has that, then like that just, you can choose more based off of like your likes and dislikes instead of things that you think are necessities, kind of, I guess. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's actually true, though. No, I mean, that, that, that is how it is. And, like, you know, like, I like I tend to like characters that have, like, parries and spockies. So it's like, oh, like, I'm going to play Lydia. I'm going to play Leroy. But also, both of those characters are hyper-aggressive. They're just aggressive in different ways. And so it's like, okay, you know, which, which one appeals to you more, right? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to play it. Should be fun. Should be fun. Yeah, should be a good time. 
But that was a tangent because we were talking about the uh, up and coming game of the year discussions and such. So it figuring out what we're missing. It was. So let me make a note of the timestamp here. And so basically the ones that I was saying that I needed to get back to were Talos Principle 2, Alan Wake 2, and then I want to touch Jedi Survivor and Starfield just because I have access to them. I don't I don't know that I'm going to have time to get to Armored Core. And then the other ones are like, you know, like a Dragon Gaiden or... I don't know, maybe Octopath 2. But like, honestly, I, I don't really think... I think you can give Octopath a miss. You could I'm probably to, like, give like a dragon a miss in that in that sense, but yeah, could, I'm trying to touch the things that could legitimately hit on actually consider Godi. you know taking one yeah, of your picks. Yeah, yeah, and like and like honestly, I don't think that Starfield is going to do that. I don't think Jedi Survivor is going to do that. But like, I already have them, and I don't need to beat them. I just want to jump in and like see what they are. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not yeah, really, touch that's them and not see a, if you recoil in horror. If you don't, okay. Yeah. The big yeah, ones I, are Talos, Talos two and Alan Wake two, honestly, because I feel like what I've got so far, like unless, unless there's like a game that has something really meaningful and meaty to offer to me, like I don't feel like it's going to beat what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. I need to play cosmic wheel sisterhood. Actually, I should see if that's on sale on steam this week. Oh I'm yeah. Not sure, I but it's yeah, relatively cheap. Even if it's not, there's a couple of other indies I have my eye on. Um, I've heard very good things about Slay the Princess. And yes, I've I had yeah. multiple recommendations on that one. That you know, basically, I'm I'm locked into having to stream it for some friends so they can wa- basically watch my reactions to it. So I'm like, all right, one of those is it? But I'm keen yeah, to try I, that. So <laughs> I reached out. They they reached out earlier. I had no time, but the developers for that. I did send something to them because I am also interested in checking that one out because uh, I've heard that is quite, quite good. So I will let you know what I hear. But uh, yeah, there's there's that. I also looked on Open Critic and uh, Metacritic for like best reviewed games of the year. And there were some indies that I did not recognize, um, but I did not list them. I did not like write them down yet. I'll probably have to go through and uh, find a short list as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I got to... I gotta finish Baldur's Gate three, I guess. Um, yeah, the fact I, that I, I don't feel any drive to do so means, you know, even though it's it's almost like, if that wins my game of the year, it's just with several asterisks, just like uh, that. Just means it wasn't a better title. I'm looking for an excuse to replace it, and I just have yeah. no drive to finish it because it's it's too flawed. There's too many issues, especially towards the end. Just yeah. yeah. I feel like I need to go back because since I went back and corrected that act to mistake, which was a legitimate option, it just didn't work for me. Uh, I, I feel compelled to give it like a second shot, like a couple of hours going forward and actually doing the things that I need to do that I couldn't do before. But I feel like if I drop off of it again, that's it. And I'm just not going to worry about it because you know, there are a lot of times when like, you know, the year that, uh, inscription got my heart pick, um, for game of the year, I almost quit that game like three times, you know, but I didn't. And I kept going, even though I was really frustrated and annoyed and, Baldur's Gate, I actually have stopped a couple of times, so I really feel like... And it's not going to win Heart Pick, because Heart Pick is going to 
one of like two games that I have in my head right now. So like, and I don't think it's more perfect than, you know, some of the other games that I would offer up in this slot. So like I, I, it, it doesn't really, there's not really enough room for it for me unless it like just grabs me by the lapels again. And it's not to say I don't like it. Like I, I think it, you know, it might crack my top five this year or something, but yeah. just when, when it's good, I still like it quite a bit. Yeah. It's just yeah. can't maintain that, especially. Yeah. Like I feel if you do go back to it, at least try and push through into act three. So you can at least see what I mean. And then we can yeah. really sit there and talk about it. But like, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I don't begrudge anybody who likes that game. I don't begrudge anybody who falls the hell off it. And I am unfortunately yeah. in the latter camp. So we'll see. It's really yeah. unfortunate because this is like, this is one of those, it's like the opposite situation that I was in with Elden Ring, where it was like, Elden Ring is, I think at this point, Elden Ring is my favorite FromSoft game. Uh, and I love it in spite of the fact that I was kind of robbed of a lot of the wow moments because I was working on guides and I had those moments spoiled for me in like Slack messages and things like that. So like, I didn't like, one of the big moments that I've heard everybody say was like a big, wow, holy shit, like all timer moment for me. Like somebody just told me about and was like, Hey, can you go here and check this out and like write about this? So like, that was like, that was the moment where I decided I'm never doing a FromSoft game again for guides. Like I'm just not, I'm uniquely qualified to do them because I have the platinum in every single one of those games. But I'm not doing it because these games are too it precious. They come the experience, out yeah. too infrequently. And like, I don't want to rob myself of another moment like that. And Baldur's Gate three is like the opposite of that, where it's just like, I'm playing the game. I did do guides for it, but like nothing was really spoiled for me. I don't think, but then you like also want mechanical guides, right? Yeah. Like I was doing like specific class guides, which like, I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. Like there was one thing that was spoiled, but like, it's very, very minor and it didn't bother me at all. But it's just like, even though it wasn't spoiled for me, I'm walking around and I'm not having the same experience as anybody else. And I think that's because I've played a lot of infinity engine games or games that are inspired by them. So like the trick to Baldur's gate three is kind of this. It's just the same trick as Baldur's gate two, but I think, well done. Yeah. Yeah. I does it better, you know, does it better? Does it more holistically with a better camera? <laughs> like, you know, and so and like, stronger writing overall, maybe not definitely not in the presentation front, but yeah, the writing is so much stronger when, yeah, when the voice going, acting especially. in Baldur's gate three is better than Baldur's gate two. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that away from it. I think that some of the characters are really, really awesome in three. Uh, mm -hmm. but overall there's just a, you know, we're talking about highs and lows versus consistency. Baldur's Gate 2 fucking hits from start to finish. It has one of the best openings in any game I've ever played. I like, can pretty much recite yeah. the entire prologue. Uh, you're awake. The child of Baal has awoken. Yeah. It is time for more experiments. Yeah. Yes, I'm yeah. fucking nerd. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, just, it's... Baldur's Gate 2, one of the greatest games of all time. Like, my favorite game ever made, you know. And, and I, you know, I do think that Larian did a much better job with this than they did with Divinity Original Sin 2, but, like, it's still not Baldur's Gate 3. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, you know, but that's... that's it does, eh, I will say, as I've said, it does become a little bit more of that in Act 3, but... yeah, we'll, I we'll see like if I can, that part. We'll see, we'll see if I can get to it. But, like, yeah, but... 
There's a there's a difference between like trading on the things that have come before and actually capturing that same spirit. And that I is, think that's where they missed the ball on that. It's like you should have yeah. just left it alone. You should yeah. have just stuck with your own thing. That was going better. So yeah. is what yeah, it I is. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, apologies. Will I cut you off? What were you gonna say? Uh, I don't even remember. Um, I think, you know, I think it's, it's, I think this is like a really tricky year. Like I, you know, I kind of live in the crisp boat of like, I don't know if I want to play more Baldur's Gate 3, but I said I would, so I will, I guess. Um, but like, yeah, you know, I've got to play like, I got to finish, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I got to play Baldur's Gate 3. I got to play, uh, El Paso Elsewhere. I got to play Cosmic Girl Sisterhood, you know, so it's busy. I'm still going to at least tackle some of Armored Core 6. That's sitting there ready to go. I'm just going to find the moment. Um, yeah, I'm towards the end of uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden, and I like it, but it won't be my game of the year. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, and then there's a few other little things. Obviously, Sea of the Princess is on my list. I want to grab Talos Principle 2. I want to check out, uh, what was it, El Peso somewhere? No El, Paso El, El Paso elsewhere. El, elsewhere, that's the one. Yeah, I hear enough about that. It's like, what is this? I need to investigate this. And yeah. But working towards it and hopefully have enough time to at least come to the table with insight in at least some of what will be discussed by everyone at, at the table. So yeah, we'll see. The year is closing though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Will, was there anything that you needed to get to before before the Goatee episode? Uh, so definitely El Paso elsewhere. Um, I'd like to finish Baldur's Gate. I just don't. I don't foresee that happening. Um, I would like to play like a Dragon Gaiden because I haven't. Uh, I got to reach out to somebody at Sega. Uh, I have El Paso elsewhere that I need to talk about. Um, I would really like to finish Tears of the Kingdom. I just, again, I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm. Um, I, I think the crazy thing is, like, I've played a good number of games this year uh, that I really liked, and I'm just, there's so many. Uh, which is, you know, this is what we're in, I guess. It's, it's hard. Okay, I have to start, oh, excuse me, prioritizing. Yeah, I, I have my second podcast today, man. Yeah. Um, Absolute trooper. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's hard, right? Like I, th- I, I salute, I got to finish Alan Wake too as well. Um, I salute anybody who's like played most of the contenders this year. Like it has not been an easy year to do that. Like, you know, I yeah, played, I've, I've played almost all of them actually. I've played, but I crazy. can't say. Yeah. I've I guess finished. I want to say finish. I've played a good chunk of them. Like I played Tears of the Kingdom. I played Armored Core 6. I played MK1. I played Street Fighter 6. You know, I've played like. Most of the big releases, but we talking about we talking about like the Game Awards nominees. I'm just talking about like the ones that people are talking. Just in about. general, for our for even for our Gertie episode, yeah. Yeah, like I've played Baldur's Gate through. I haven't finished it, but I have I have like 20 hours, and I have a pretty good idea of what it is. You know? oh, yeah, I need yeah. to finish Phantom Liberty as well. God damn it, it never ends. Yeah, yeah. like well, like That's what, really what would too, we though. consider? What would we consider the big ones? Because like I've beaten. Spider-Man 2, I platinumed it. I'm at, we're actually going to talk about this a little bit later. I beat Tears of the Kingdom. I beat Mario Wonder. I still uh, have to play Mario. Uh, I beat... What else did I beat? Hold on. Backlogged. Yeah, in, in the interim again, it's just 
for me, the big one I really want to touch is Armored Core 6, because, you know, Will has been adamant about that being a consistent like contender. 4, same, yeah. with, same with yeah. Tyler's Principle. And so, I, though, like, you guys are the ones who I, you know, respect in regards to what is the highlights, because we all have similar tastes, we have similar ideas of, you know, what games can and should be. So it's like, I want to hear what you guys have to say and then tackle those. So when you put something there, it usually gets bumped up decently, like with Cosmic Wheel, like as will be with Armored Core. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, So like, so like, uh, I would say for, so I'm looking at my list. So games that I think are like some of the best games of the year that I've beaten this year. So season, uh, World of Horror, Wild Frost, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, Aliens Dark Descent, I don't think is a is goatee material. Final Fantasy 16. I fell off that. Sea of Stars, Cosmic Wheel, Goodbye oh, Volcano High. I should actually High. roll credits on 16. I'm near the end. Yeah, Goodbye Volcano High, Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, Mario Wonder, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I beat all of those. So... Yeah, I've been busy. I've been busy. I've yeah, been a lot of games this year. <laughs> I would have to look. I, I think uh, you know if anybody hasn't finished Talos Principle two, like that is a game that I think functionally a lot of games. Like I think you can talk about why you love Zelda without having done everything in Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I think. Like, yeah, I, Talos- I'm actually in the minority where I think the ending of that game is not as good as the rest of it. Mm. I but. just didn't have the drive to get to it. I got right to it and like I don't care anymore. But I, I do think that uh, if you're going to talk about Talos Principle 2, like you actually should roll credits on that game. The 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 final the finale is uh, is meaningful. Yeah the 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 two that I'm the, the two games that I'm planning on getting to before the Goatee episode, Talos Principle 2 is number one with a bullet, and then after that it's Alan Wake 2. Yeah, and Alan Wake I don't I don't really feel like anything is going to beat those two as far as like impact for me personally. Yeah, and you know, obviously, Alan Wake you should finish because it's a story game, right? Like, yeah. And, and if if you've played Alan Wake one, you'll know that like the last line of that game has a lot of meaning. And uh, from what I have been told, the last line of Alan Wake two has a lot of meaning. So, mm-hmm. um, makes you recontextualize some things. So I think, uh, you know, certain games you got to roll credits on. For sure. So yeah, I will I will say I will say so none of us have beaten Baldur's Gate 3. No. No, okay. I've seen the ending from at least two playthroughs that friends have uh, run through and you know given me accounts and everything off, but not for myself, no. And then Will has beaten Talos 2, but nobody else has. Yes. But I have it, so I can. And you haven't beaten Alan Wake 2, but you're going to beat Alan Wake 2, right? Yeah. I imagine what? that'll happen this week. As of 20 seconds ago, I have Tyler's Principle too, so I will have to play it sometime. <laughs> yeah, so I... Yeah, so my top three priorities, I think, between now and January are beat Talos 2, get to at least Act 3 and Baldur's Gate 3, probably beat it, and maybe Alan Wake 1 and 2. I don't know that I have time for all that, but we'll see. Like I said, the nice thing about Alan Wake 1 is it's not very long. Yeah. And and a, another good thing is after this commerce season wraps up, I am taking a vacation. Yeah. So I can mm-hmm. do it. I can do some of it on that. Yeah, I really I really do think you could do Alan Wake 1 in two days. 
Yeah. And you wouldn't even have to marathon it. You know, you sit down for like four or five hours a day, you roll credits pretty easily. Yeah. And I have both, I have all of those games on PC. Like the only one I don't have on PC is Quantum Break and I have that on Xbox. But even, I don't even need to play that necessarily. Yeah. No, I want you don't to, need, but I'll get, that, I'll get to that there's, later. There's nods to it, like the Remedy Connected verse, but that's about it. Like, yeah, I don't think, it, it's not like a direct sequel. I don't even think you really need to play Control to understand Alan Wake 2. It'll help, but I don't think you need to. No, but that's where I started. So, like, I already already did that. Yeah, I'm just talking about control like, so much the better. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just talking about the connections. I think you can really just kind of be like, I played Alan Wake one. You know. Yeah, I did. I did control and both of the DLC packs. Like, I, I got control ultimate. So that's that's the first place that I uh, knew anything about Alan Wake was from the control DLC. I love that game. Control is amazing. That's that's. That's like approaching all-timer material for me, to be honest. Falls a little bit baby. short for me, but it's it's damn good. I really enjoyed my time. It's like it's kind of like Pyre for me from Supergiant, where or or like you know, to a lesser extent, um, Transistor, where it's just like the world building, like the world that they created is just so fucking interesting to me. Like it's mm. so cool. I love it. You know, and granted, that's like a Reddit, like that's like a creative commons like writer thing where everybody kind of like plays into it like that's a thing like remedy didn't invent that they just like kind of made it their own you know they looked at the scp you know series of stuff of just yep. fan creations and wikis and whatnot and said that's a cool idea we can we can do something similar to that so which is yeah. awesome like i love that idea so much it's so interesting i think they also had a lot of uh influence from a tv show called the lost room i would be really surprised if they didn't uh, just because of the way some of the items work, which is very similar to the Lost Room. Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. Objects of Power, such a fascinating idea. I love it. Yeah, it's very... Like, if you haven't seen the Lost Room, I think it, it was a sci-fi show. It's actually quite good. It's not very long. I think it's eight episodes. Um, Kira and I picked up the DVDs. Uh, but it's basically about uh, this hotel room that uh, something happened and it created this uh, all these items that have special powers, like... There's a comb that stops time. There's a bus ticket that teleports you to a very specific place. Uh, you know, the the door will, or uh, the key that will open any door to anywhere. Um, and it feels very like there's no way that they didn't, you know. Somebody cool. saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, cool. Rogue Trader comes out in early December like a week and a half from now. So I want to at least try that because I can't do good games and yeah, it looks like fun. Yeah. I like CRPGs. Oh my dear Lord goodness. So let's get through a couple of other things. Let's see. I wanted to briefly touch on, I'm not going to talk about crime Machina until next week when we're going to have Lucas on. So we can move that one to the side. I can talk about uh, Spider-Man 2, which I beat and platinum since the last time that we recorded. I can also talk about... I'm not going to talk about El Paso Elsewhere until Will has played it. Yeah. Uh, so we can push that one off. I can also talk about the intro to In Stars and Time. So I can, I can do... What do, you, what do you guys, guys want to hear about? In Stars and Time or Spider-Man 2? Uh, let's hear about In Stars and Time. Sure. Okay. 
Uh, so in Stars in Time is a really cool uh, little indie game. This is the game where um, I had a conversation. Oh my good lord, goodness! I need to in. Hold on, let me search for this because I need to. I need to call out this dude's name because we had a conversation and it was good. In Stars and Time. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Man, that's a real shame that that is such a common string of words that I can't find anything by searching for that. Uh, anyways, I talked to a, a delightful young man on Twitter who was talking about wanting to distribute, uh review keys for in stars and time to members of the press. Uh, and I believe we talked about it afterwards, uh, on the show because it's like PR, the interaction between press and PR is like very interesting to me because when you get into the games industry, nobody tells you like, there's no training thing. If you're a freelancer, like nobody tells you how you're supposed to deal with PR. And if you become staff, usually there's somebody on staff at whatever outlet you work at who handles that already. And it's usually your managing editor. So like, mm -hmm. there's really no primer for like how you should interact Sourcing with PR keys people and interacting with people, yeah. what they expect of you, what you like, what you should expect of them, like these sorts of things. And it's only been through becoming friends with various people in PR, like actually a bunch of people in PR. I know tons of people in PR throughout the, you know, the many years that I've been in this industry. But one thing I thought was very interesting was he was saying, Hey, I want you to have this key, whether or not, you know, and he's, he's like, you know, it's a busy season. I know, but I want you to have it instead of not having it. You know what I mean? And I was <laughs> like, wow, like, when, when my hands are full, I don't ask for more keys because I don't want to, I try to be- There's an obligation anybody, when you get them, yeah. As anybody who has listened to the show for a long time since it started, which even before I started getting keys, um, like review keys, like even before I became like established in certain places with different PR firms and things, I've always been very, I've tried to be very prompt with the coverage for keys that I ask for. Now, when you're in the industry for a while, you'll start getting uh, copies of games that you didn't ask for. And uh, one of, somebody once once told me, a PR person said that any PR person worth their salt uh, won't expect or demand anything of you if they send you something you didn't ask for. I've heard different from other people, but that rings true for me. But this interaction was very interesting because this person had said, I want you to have it, and even if you can't do anything, or even if it's like quite some time before you can, like I, I would rather you have it than not, which I thought was interesting. Like even if you're, even if your plate is full, like I j just let me give this game to you so that you can experience it because it's really special. And uh, I really respect and appreciate that level of confidence uh, because yeah, you kind of have to have that as a game developer. Mm. But also, sincerity, like, is meaningful in any artistic endeavor. And I think that in this one where you're interacting with other people, like, you're interacting with critics more often and things, like, I respect that a lot. And so I took him up on this offer, and I was like, hey, it's gonna be a minute before I can play this game, but, like, 
hit me with your best shot. Show me what you got. Same uh, for a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. And I booted it up not that long ago because I had like a very small window uh, where I had a little bit of extra time. And I got to say, it grabbed me by the lapels like almost immediately. Mm. Uh, Stars in Time is kind of like a modern indie earthbound undertale Amori kind of style I I did have this one on my wish list I checked it while you were doing that uh, and yeah we've we've clearly have spoken about it before because I you've told me that story before but yeah it uh, there's a lot of indie games that kind of go for the very earthbound style thing and that's not to you know that's not to denigrate them because they usually do some really cool shit with it but this is very obviously that but, oh yeah, uh, no, again, I, yeah, and, really and, and to clarify, I have not talked about this before because the embargo uh, didn't lift very long ago, so okay. I actually couldn't talk about it previously. So that that was maybe another thing that I that I had been talking about. But for this one, yeah, so this one has a really really adorable art style. It's just absolutely charming. Um, you play a character called Sifrin, um, who is a little adorable. Uh, witch with an eye patch and a giant hat and robe. Uh, and you are traveling with your friend Mirabelle and some of your other kind of companions. Um, one of the things I think is like really, really charming about this is it takes uh, rock, paper, scissors style strategic um, like weapon triangle combat and just like has no artifice or obfuscation at all. Like literally characters are rock type, scissors type, and paper type. And that determines like how good they are against other people. Uh, and I think that's just awesome. The music is also great. It's also like, it's monochrome and the drawings are very rudimentary for the characters, but they are so damn expressive and adorable. Um, it's fantastic. The Even the character selection and character status screen is really funny because there's five people in your party, but one of them, like they don't have like a particular, like they don't have like a really strong ability. So like your character is the fast one of the team. Um, and so she's first and then Mirabelle is the healer. And then, uh, Isabeau is the really strong guy. So he's a rock type. And then, oh God, I forget the fourth person, but she's like very uh, reserved, kind of terse, definitely stoic. Uh, she's the caster, she's the intellectual, she's the scientist of the group. And uh, she is like the caster who has abilities of all the types. Like she's got rock, scissor, and paper type abilities that she can do. They're called crafts, uh, which is, what, which is uh, what they're called in this game. But then there's the fifth character and like, all four of these characters are like lined up left to right on the status screen. And then in the upper right hand corner, one of the characters is like peeking out from the corner and saying, and me, because like they're also <laughs> a member of the team, but like they don't really have any powers and their job is being in charge of snacks. Um, and they, like, it's just, it's very charming. It's very funny. Uh, it's just absolutely delightful. Um, it's got like an ATB system, like classic uh, Final Fantasy games, 
where like there will be a speed meter that just fills up and then whenever that comes up, it is your turn to act. Um, one thing I think is really interesting about this game and I love, I love this. Uh, sea of Stars had a unique way of doing this, which is your abilities, like your special abilities that are really powerful uh, cost mana, but when you do regular attacks, that recovers your mana. This game goes a different way, which is your special abilities don't cost any mana. There is no secondary um, like resource that you need to manage, but every time you use one, it has like a certain number of turns for cooldown. And like, I think that's an interesting way. So it's like, okay, you use this ability, you can't use it again for two turns, you know? And it's like, okay, cool. That's so ma mana management out, cooldown management in. That's fair. Yes, yes. Which I think is in another interesting way to do it because then it's like, well, you don't have to worry about, oh, does my character recover all of their resources after each fight? Do they recover it after I save? Do they recover it after I rest? Like, do they recover a portion of it? You know, it's no, just like you always have everything all the time unless you just used it and it's on cooldown. And like, I love that. That's great. Um, so I am still in, like, I'm not in the opening. Like I'm past like the, uh, the prologue and things like that. But like, I am still very early on. I'm going to be playing more of that as time goes on. Huh. That's going to be another one of those games that I'm kind of like dipping into and out of when I have like moments where I'm not like just specifically trying to like make progress on something else. Um, but uh, that young man was right. This game is special and I do really like it. So, uh, so far, so good then. Yeah, so far, so very good. Um, I have not played much of it, but uh, the world building is interesting. The story is basically uh, you are you are starting out at like the end of your journey. Um, like your group, Mirabelle has slowly recuperated. It, it, the interesting thing is it starts where most JRPGs end, where like you're literally outside of the final dungeon to fight the final boss. You have all, you have the five orbs that you needed to do to get through the gate of the castle. You have your entire party and it's just, let's go beat the final boss who, you know, the king who has slowly trapped uh, this world in, you know, these different bubbles that stop time for everyone and freeze them in place. You know, all of their villages and places they've come from have been touched differently by these sorts of things. One of them is really excited about going back and visiting their uh, sister who has been, you know, frozen for, you know, the long time that they've been on this journey. You know, they've become friends over this time. It's really interesting to start and be like, all of our people have had all of this character development. Like, we didn't used to like each other, but now, like, we're kind of, you know either fast friends or like reluctant allies all these it's it's very interesting like it is kind of turning things on its head but taking in medias res to the extreme basically to the extreme yeah exactly exactly yeah and i think that that's a really interesting wrinkle i don't i mean i've seen games do that like sometimes but like typically only like you know metroid dread often use that. that as a flashback point you know yeah yeah or like they'll do it where it's like Metroid Dread, where it's like you fight the final boss, but like it's not time to beat them, and then they take away all your shit from the previous game, and then you have to mm, do yeah. everything over again. And it's like, yeah, okay. But this is different because it's party based, so it's it, I I am really interested to see where it goes. But yeah, that's all I really have to say about that for now. Hmm. Can hear more when you get around to it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, did you have anything else uh, for this week? Uh, let me see. I can talk about Like a Dragon. Uh, I can talk a little bit about World of Warcraft, actually, because 
that's basically the Dragonflight expansion is more or less concluded now. And so I can basically give like the full thoughts of the whole thing now that we've had the full year of content and such. But uh, either of those things you want to hear or what sounds uh, more appealing? I am I am interested in uh, in WoW, but I'm also uh, I'm also interested to hear what Will has to has to say about that. Uh, I would like to not talk about that until like maybe the new year because I do want to see all that content and I don't. No worries, want to. I'll keep it spoiler. Yeah, I'll keep it spoiler free and just pivot over to like a dragon. Then I won't spoil that either. But yeah, is that cool? Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm at the last chapter of Like a Dragon Gaiden. And I enjoy it. I like it quite a bit, but despite it only having, it's like the typical, um, like a dragon and adjacent game has like minimum, like 12 chapters normally, right? This only has five and that's not a problem, but the problem therein is that there's still a lot of filler. <laughs> there's still a lot of filler where it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, you can't do the next thing until you go, you know, raise your Coliseum rank or go do this thing or raise the rank of the side content network and stuff to a point it's like i don't necessarily mind doing that but it really does just feel like a little cheap in that regard it's like yeah no we don't have much for you and it's good when it is there but uh no go busy yourself for a while come back later and didn't care for that aspect of it but uh when it's good it's good when it's on it's on and the content generally pretty good uh battle system is a little weird though um will you've played uh most of you you've at least played some in the dragon engine right like six onwards and such yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so obviously the you know the dragon engine has had some teething issues compared to how good it was in like zero and prior so this one like the you know six was a little fiddly because it was proof of concept judgment was a little fiddly because expanding on it a bit further a new character lost judgment really kind of hit its stride in terms of combat um, and this feels more like a regression, like a few of the things there, like it's not as good, doesn't play as cleanly as Lost Judgment did. Uh, it still feels a little bit floaty, a little bit like, you know, things will just start spinning weirdly on physics and shit, like in, um, Six and Judgment. So there's moments of that where you just kind of, I'm just looking at what the hell is going on and just going weird. But uh, when you, you know, get past that and get into the thick of it, it is still just, it's Yakuza Combat. It's good. I enjoy it. Solid beat-em-up. The new style is um, interesting. Like, Kiryu has basically picked up technical fighting, so there's a lot more... Like, the, the, the new style is basically all gadgets and such, and then you have, uh, yeah, like, quick hits, sort of like Rush from um, Zero, but, like, a little more, a little more technical, I guess called agent style so yeah but it's got all sorts of weird gimmicks and stuff that you can build up with and unleash and you know your grapple effect is at range and you can toss people behind you you have like rocket shoes so you can just zoom at people really quickly if you really want to things like uh deploy deployable like um exploding cigarettes basically so you just charge hold release and then you can you know set up combos and then juggle them through that little things like that it's pretty cool and then obviously you just have Yakuza style, which is just, you know, standard dragon style. It's it's Kiryu combat, so it's a good time, and I'm generally enjoying, you know, when I get into a fight, I just go brawl for a bit and have a good time. Side content, yeah, pretty good. Main story, pretty solid, but again, weird amount of filler. And, yeah, so 
ultimately solid, not like the greatest entry or whatever, but it's hard to go wrong. It's like a dragon. You know what they're about, and even a bad like a dragon game is a pretty solid time. So, yeah, having a ball. Cool. Sounds great. Can't wait to play it. I hope you get to it. I still haven't tried the, because uh, it comes with a uh, trial version of um, Infinite Wealth 8. So I'm curious to check that out as well, because people, like people are saying, yeah, Gaiden's not that special, but that trial version, ooh, that's, that's impressive. That's really something special. And yeah, I'm keen to see that. And especially because I didn't mind the JRPG genre conversion part of 7. So yeah, should be fun. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah, that's another email that I need to send. Or follow-up. I don't remember if I actually sent the first one. But yeah. Will, what you got that you still want to talk about? I could tell you guys about the new Pokemon DLC that I played the uh, the preview for, but beyond that, I don't really have anything. Cool. Do you want to just give us a kind of quick, uh, quick synopsis? Yeah, so the Indigo Disc is uh, an in-game DLC, like very end-game. Like, you are meant to do this last, and you have to do everything else, including the Teal Mask, which is the other DLC, before you can get here. The stuff is very, very high level. You get to go to uh, Blueberry Academy, which is kind of like a transfer student, and they have this big terrarium where there's Pokemon from everywhere. There's starters from all the different regions. There's Pokemon that you haven't seen before. There's a bunch, a bunch, a bunch. Uh, I think... Over is it just called Blueberry Academy, or do they use the Spanish word for blueberry? It's just blueberry. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah in, the, in, the, Naranja, in the base game, right? it's... Yeah, Naranja, which is orange, and then the other one is is uh, is for grapes, I think. Yeah. So it's just blueberry, and you go to this terrarium, and you can catch all these Pokemon, and that part's pretty cool. So the trainers there are very high level. They have their own Elite Four that you can fight, again, very high level. Um, the folks I fought were... Very high level. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly how much I am and am not allowed to say, but suffice it to say, very high level. And uh, it's cool because you also get some cool new movement abilities for a Coridon or Maridon, depending on which version of the game you have, that allow you to trans uh, traverse this area. And it's neat. I thought it was really, really interesting. There's a lot of really cool stuff in there that I saw that I'm not allowed to talk about, um, but... I thought it was a really cool in-game DLC. If you want to like catch some of the old Pokemon, this is a great place to do it. And there's some decent challenge in the Elite Four stuff that I got to see. So I think it's really cool, and I uh, I want to play more of it. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. It, I was trying to think of what the Spanish for uh, grape was, and I was like, it's not grep, it's not grepa. But no. that is <laughs> something in a different language. No, it's uva. Which is so it's it's uh, it's Naranja Academy and Uva Academy in the base game. So then this one is Blueberry. I think that's pretty cool. Anyways, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. You know, more Pokemon is usually a good thing, but please, for the love of Christ and all that is holy, make these games run better, please. Take an extra year, seriously. Please, please, I beg. Mm. Anyways, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, all right, so I can talk about some Spider-Man. How did it end? Did it stick the landing? Do tell. Uh, well, hold on. Let me say I have 38. Got to keep my timestamps crispy just to make work easier for me. But, uh, yeah, um... The ending of Spider-Man 2 is very interesting. 
It's not what I expected. Oh, no. Interesting. The favorite word of the platformers podcast. Uh, I will say, I, I will say I stick by, I stick by that. I think that Spider-Man two is the best game in this series. So, and I, I, I think that almost without reservation in all, uh, avenues. Um, I think that it, one of key in a, in a key key thing uh spider-man 2 is missing a lot of the stuff from spider-man 1 and also kind of from miles that bogged down the pacing there are there are some situations in which you are forced to control characters that are not peter or miles uh but those are uh Fun and not bad at worst, and hype at best. Uh, so that's a significant improvement over the previous games. That's for sure. Yes. So like there, you know, there there are characters from previous games that you played as that were not fun to play as, and they are, I think, significantly more fun to play as now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are still these moments where they break up the pace or even uh, play with... I'm trying to be very careful with my words. Uh, they even play with like the genre of the game with some of these sections in a way that I think is largely effective. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are some bugs that people have talked about with this game. I only encountered one. Uh, there is a sequence where you are walking through a crowded area and um, there is something that you can encounter that will like repel your character and make them recoil and start walking into another direction. And unfortunately, there was a crowd of people in that direction and I got stuck and actually had to reload the last save point because it made me recoil and walk straight into a crowd of people that wouldn't move and I couldn't move. And I just kept walking so into them and couldn't do anything. But that is the only thing that I encountered in the entire game. That was like a problem for me. Um, I didn't have any like weird texture, anything. This game performs incredibly well. The loading is bonkers. The fast travel is fucking ridiculous. I don't understand how it is working because you will literally click on one part, like a different part of the city and not just the area, not just like the borough that you click on, but like the street that you click on, you will load in and you're, it will like zoom in. It will like flash zoom down to the street and then your character will be like flying through with a wingsuit and then you'll just be there. It's nuts, dude. The fast travel in this game is probably the best fast travel I've ever seen in any game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. And the combat is easily better than the previous games. That's not close. Uh, the, like the, I, I feel like they've, they've refined the resource management. I do find it a little obnoxious that like 
you use some of the same resources to unlock new suits and costumes as you do to unlock new suit abilities, as you do to unlock new like weapon upgrades and like having to choose those is like a little annoying, but, and I guess this will be a positive or a negative depending on how you look at it. Uh, if you do everything in the game, there is enough for you to get everything. Mm-hmm. And you can max so, it out. Yeah. It's just pick and choose unless you're really getting into it. Yeah. Which, like, I did. Like, I beat the game and then I went around and did all the extra side stuff. Uh, unfortunately, and I would, this is uh, something I would recommend if you have not, if you do not have Spider Man 2 yet, uh, I would recommend against listening to any spoiler casts and stuff after you beat the game if you haven't done the other things. Because there are, one thing I will say about this game that I don't, it might have been true of the previous games, I don't recall it being true. But at the end of like almost every side quest type, there is like a reveal or something. So uh, I was like, I'll get to the side stuff later and I'll just listen to like the spoiler cast to see what like what they thought about, you know, this particular game because I've beaten the game. I've rolled credits like what, you know, I'm not going to get spoiled now. No, I got spoiled on like four things, uh, which sucked. But, uh, but, you know, and then I went back and played them afterwards and had a good time. Like, I, I think that the side content in this game is generally uh, a lot better than in the previous games. I think the overall quality of this game is a lot higher. That said, the way that they deal with Venom in this game is... The Insomniac universe is interesting, and it's a two-edged sword because... They are carving out their own unique space where characters are not the way that they were in the comics. They are not the way that they were in the movies. This is Insomniac doing Insomniac things and taking liberties. And I think that that is good because it surprises, it delights. You know, you don't necessarily just want a one-to-one retread of different comic stories. And Um, you don't know exactly how it's going to go just because of genre savviness or anything. Yeah. Um, The interesting thing about this is they mashed up two stories for two different major Spider-Man characters, one of which actually went fairly similarly to the way that it did in the comics, and the other which is really, really, really different. Uh, and I think, for the most part, I I do like the way that they changed things, but they did, like, two things that I'm like, ah, I don't like that, that you did that. Um... And, you know, that, that, that did, that, that took a little bit of the wind out of my sails, but overall, I'm still very positive on it. I still think it is probably in my top five for this year. I think it's really great. Um, it is definitely not just a like reskin of the first game, like not at all. Um, I think that there, there is. One of the things that's that's interesting is, and this feels weird to say about a game that is still largely a linear open world game, it feels like there's way more of a focus on story in this game than there was in the previous two games. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 players, like in the in the first Spider-Man game and in, and in Miles Morales, like the major players don't come in until like a bit into the story. In this game, like you kind of hit the ground running. 
and like things are moving like pe- people are pr- like you know there there's something to be said for like the ever present villain uh and i feel like because of that this game feels like it has much more of an identity than the other games did Mm. Um, like looking back on this game, I feel like this game is going to be much more solid in my memory than the other two were because it is about like two or three things. And it's about those things through the whole game. Start to finish as opposed to some threads last a while and then they kind of get resolved and then on to the next. Yeah. Just kind of how it was for the first game. Not entirely, but which one of the great things about this game is that I feel like they, I feel like Insomniac has really figured out how to do this now uh, because they still have those. They still have these like minor characters or like interesting threads that go throughout, but they separate those out into side content. And so you don't have story missions that feel like they're not about what the game is about. And so it feels more focused when you want it to be focused. And when you want it to be about something else, it's about something else. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, it's really good. And I, I got the platinum. It's a fun platinum. Um, I think that insomniac is probably pound for pound Sony's best studio. Um, and the, I mean, the if if you're here for like if you're here for superhero stuff, this delivers. If you're here for gameplay stuff, this delivers. If you're here for impressive technical stuff, this delivers. Like, there's really, if you're here for like just a world that you can kind of get lost in and have fun with, like this delivers. Like, the the addition of web wings in this game makes this game so much more fucking fun than the previous game. Like, there's there are you know, there, there are several different types of abilities that you can now assign to face buttons and you can switch back and forth between them. And those feed into the story and vice versa. Like what your characters can do has to do with where they are in the story and what's going on with them and their character growth and progression. Um, but there's also like skill trees and stuff that you can get into where you can lean into, Oh, I like this part of this. I want to, you know, there's, there's three different skill trees. There's one for Peter, there's one for miles and there's one for both of them. Mm-hmm. And if you want to just be like, I'm not swinging fast enough. I want to swing faster and do more swingy stuff. You can upgrade the entire tree of swinging stuff or web wing stuff or whatever. If you want to fight more then you can do one. Like there's an ability where like, if you're fighting somebody and their back is up against the wall, you can just fucking pummel them. Like you can just, you know, go like, you know, agent Smith style on, uh, on Mr. Anderson in the, in the subway station. You know what I mean? Like you can just let them have it. You know, you can do more stealth stuff where like you can do, you can make like your web line. And then when you like string somebody up, you can actually do two people at the same time, which makes like stealthing through bases like way more fun and like exciting because, you can wait until people patrol to get two people at the same time. Normally they'd be covering each other and it would break your stealth to do it. But now you could just fuck it. We'll do it live, you know? And it's great. Like, it, you know, you and you get in the web. Exactly. Exactly. Get in, get in the web, <laughs> get in the web, Clive. Now we're mixing. Now we're, <laughs> we're mixing all sorts of shit, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. It is absolutely one of the, one of the better games that's come out this year. Glad to I th- hear it. I think that I think that this kind of 
I feel like this is maybe slotting into like that kind of Hitman three slot, like that year when when I gave Hitman three my critics pick, is like just pound for pound. Like I don't really have hardly any criticisms of this game. Like with Hitman three, it was like literally nothing. Like I didn't have anything. I have no advice. Like it's just a it's just a perfect game. Um, I think this is close to it. I have some some story things, but that's mostly as somebody who like has a lot of affection for the characters that they use and they use them in ways that are like not how they're used or like in some instances run actually counter to like what has come before. Uh, so I am interested if if one or both of you get into these games, uh, I, I'm interested to see kind of what you think. Or I mean, maybe you don't know that much about Spider-Man or whatever and that's totally fine, but... I know a little bit. So I am mostly just waiting for PC release at this point because still like a PS5. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I hope to get around to it one day because I did enjoy the first. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I recommend it. I think it's good. I think it's very good. Good stuff. <sighs> Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a good place to wrap it. I think that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode mm-hmm. of The Platformers. Join us live as we record each episode at twitch.tv slash ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. And I apologize for the audio issues earlier. I did not know they were the case until we had somebody come into our stream and actually mention them. So we did not have audio for like the first big chunk of this of this show. So I will have to... Oops. It's going to be a lot of Oops. work for me to like fix the YouTube video. I'm going to have to actually bring this over from our from our audio. So I hope we don't have any audio issues on that front, but uh, we will figure it out. But uh, yeah, join us, uh, join us live. And then you can watch uh, the archives later at my YouTube channel at, uh, at Ribnax as well. Uh, you can also find me at Ribnax on Twitter and backlogged. And you can find me uh, at Brian Barnett on blue sky. If you got any thoughts or feedback or topic ideas, or you just want to chat, we love talking to all you guys. Um, and that's where you can find me. And, uh, if you want to look for some deals, I have written reams and reams and just volumes of, uh, of information about all the stuff that is on sale, uh, from across the internet. There are steam discounts. There are green man gaming discounts. There are GOG discounts. There's stuff at Walmart, Best Buy, uh, Amazon, like all these sorts of crazy places. So if you want to find some deals, uh, you can find them like right now at IGN.com. You can find all of those uh, deals. There's mega hubs for everything. So you can just find like, oh, it's the best Xbox. What's the best PlayStation? So like whatever you were looking for, I worked almost countless hours to try to find it for you. So please use my knowledge i beg of you <laughs> so and uh settle and then, down there palpatine well you know oh i'm so weak i'm so weak <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so and then you can find that uh there and you can also find my terrace land preview on ign very soon and i will let you know when that was when that is live so other than that just enjoy buy yourself some uh some good games and have fun with it. Chris, where can people find you? Hi, you can find me at my website of versusthebacklog.com. Vsthebacklog.com, one word. You can find me anywhere, either by my name, Chris Cornelise, or by Delphir. I am that on pretty much everything. Uh, say hi if you see me, and I'm um, trying to kick my ass too hard, please. It's my birthday. <laughs> 
we'll have to play some Dragon Ball after this, and I'll show oh, you the meaning of birthday. Oh, please. Hey, I'll give you a happy give birthday a happy, in that game. You'll give me a happy birthday. Yeah, great. Love it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, how about you, Will? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ByWillBurger. That's Burger with an O, not a U. You can find me on Blue Sky. I'm still getting used to posting everything twice. At Edgar Allan Bro. Uh, and you can find me at IGN at also Edgar Allan Bro. Also on Backlogged at Edgar Allan Bro. Come say hi and uh, read my Pokemon preview. And I've got some other cool things in the pipeline. And I'll let you guys know when those things happen. Nice, nice, nice. Good stuff. Oh, my goodness. If you like the show, please... Leave us a review. Tell somebody about it. From everybody here at the platformers, we hope you have a wonderful week. And stay safe out there, because until next time, we are out. Peace. Peace.